Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. So that'll do it for Highways UK 2022. It's amazing how much you fit into two days here at the NEC. You're listening to Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Thanks to the sponsorship of Swarco, Navtech Radar, Causeway Technologies, Kia Highways and Reflow. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So Adrian, two days of running around the NEC. Uh, What are the main things? you've taken away? I think the main things that I've taken away is the industry's really thinking about how they connect with their people. So there's been some themes, for example, uh, one of our sponsors, Kia Highways, is that's their theme for this event. So not, you know, not only how you train people and keep people, but how you constantly develop them, how you offer them things that, that make you want to stay in the business and make you want to stay in this industry. Um, there was a panel discussion earlier about how we attract the type of people we need now in the industry now we know we need good engineers we know we need good managers but also we need people that understand data that understand new technology that understand how to interpret that data and turn it into decisions that can change a business or a local authority or you know whatever area that you're working in so you know the theme of connecting people and connecting the industry is um it's certainly come through over these two days You mentioned Kia there, Adrian. Uh, We'll hear from them in a moment. Uh, It's been exhausting, though, the the two days because there have just been so many people here and difficult actually to get your job done because you walk through the exhibition hall and you can't walk more than about 10 yards without bumping into somebody you know. No, it's been, I mean, it's been really, you know, really busy, 8,000 people over the two days. For many of these people, they're, they're meeting for the first time this year. This is where the industry comes together now, so... You know, I, I feel it's a, it's a real, it's, it's provided a real platform for the industry to grow and develop. Adrian, it's been good seeing you again in person from our usual uh, Zoom calls as we put together Highways News every day. Um, I'll catch up with you soon and uh, we'll talk with a bonus podcast uh, next week with some of the material we can't squeeze into today's show. So without further ado, let's go start chatting to people on the exhibition floor. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. I remember introducing our next guest here on Highways Voices a year ago by pointing out to him that he was the first ever guest on Highways Voices when we launched the podcast. So he was our original Highways Voice, John Pickworth, who is Managing Director of Swarco in the UK. Now, John, you took over that role, what, beginning of 2021, right right in the depths of COVID? Fascinating way it must have been to start running a business when you couldn't actually be in a physical room with people. But the other thing you probably didn't imagine was the sheer amount of extra product you were going to have on your stand a couple of years later. Here we are on the Swarco stand at Highways UK. We've got road markings, we've got DINIC kit, we've got all sorts of stuff that has been added to your portfolio over the last year or so. Absolutely. You know, one of the most exciting things from a business growth point of view is when I started, as you say, 18 months ago, 20 months ago now, something like that, 
was kind of coming into a relatively small business, very focused on one or two things. But really now, if you look at the scale of what we've got, it's, it's given us a fantastic opportunity to hit the market in a, in a new sort of way. You talked about road marking systems, you know, bringing Hitex in as a company into our, into our group. They're looking at how that then links to autonomous vehicles and the quality of the line markings. And we connect that with the technology offerings we've got around the stand, around the different elements, um, how we're moving in and growing in the EV space, which has got huge growth at the moment. You know, absolutely um, you know, phenomenal from our point of view in terms of the direction that's going. Um, and when you bring the whole portfolio together, what you get is an ability to have a conversation with your customers about a much wider solution challenge, looking three, five years ahead and trying to think how can we set ourselves up and set our solutions up to be able to meet your challenge in the future. And that must be great for the customer because they don't need to have conversation after conversation with different suppliers going through different procurement and, and just getting the purchase orders signed off over and over again. You're becoming a sort of one-stop shop for solutions for local authorities and national. Yes, but with, a, with, a, with an edge to it, actually, which is important, that we don't necessarily have to only work with our solutions. And in fact, we really actually push not to do that. What we'll do is we'll connect a local authority, a national agency, whoever it might be, with solutions to meet their needs. And sometimes that's our stuff. Sometimes it's apps into third-party applications. We're doing some really fantastic stuff. We're just kicking off at the moment on the sort of artificial intelligence side of things. So it's, and again, working with third parties who are doing innovating, coming up with great ideas. But because we've got a great platform of uh, infrastructure out on the streets in all local authorities in all parts of the network that gives us a platform which they're able to build and say okay what are we going to bring this in what are we to look over here but new areas of business new business models are enabling are emerging basically out of that ability to be able to leverage what you've got on the ground i take it it's no coincidence we are literally what 10 feet away from srl and i drive uh, on my way to the A14 from where I live, I drive past a couple of variable message signs that have SRL logos slapped very big on the back. But when you look down the side, there's a little Swaco logo. And you'll see the same principle in controllers, in traffic lights, in all the different aspects. And each of these areas, uh, I'm very open to partnerships, to really looking at how we can work together across the industry in a collaborative way. Um, one of the themes I've really got is um, I'm, I'm particularly believe in being open, being transparent, being talking straight and getting, getting things done. And uh, one of the big themes really for 2023 is let's work with customers. Budgets are tight. We've got all sorts of nice words around energy crises and problems and all these things. Actually, there's a great opportunity to just directly get things done. And, and we're, I think we're in a unique position to really make that happen with the partnerships and with the technology and the solutions we've got. And you're a technology man. You're, you come from a technology background and certainly my journalism, I tend to be the person picking out the technology stories and it's my colleague Adrian who will write the blacktop and barriers ones. But the interesting thing about Swalco is your starting point was uh, road markings. I went to Vuttons in Austria to see uh, all the different portfolio of Swalco and road markings were so important but of course they were never here in the UK. Now through the high-tech acquisition you're able to bring the Swalco technology from the continent here to the UK. Have you had to go on a learning curve to actually realise and understand the, uh, the real technicalities about road markings that I would never have thought of? Yeah, ma massively. Road markings, um, the service solutions, the different products, how they come together, 
you know this is you don't you don't just know that you have to actually think about how can they complement each other road marking sounds a very simple thing um, it's not actually the reason we couldn't just bring road markings into the UK without having the, the, the company and the on the ground infrastructure and the on ground companies is because it's not that easy and we have a very very rigorous sort of quality and standard process so that um, our USP in that whole space is to be able to create uh, road marking solutions that are, um, are really long lasting answer the questions around sort of the autonomous vehicle type space in terms of in terms of being able to do the detection um, but much more than that actually through our applied solutions part of that road markings business that we're evolving the paint the solutions into hundreds and hundreds of different applications way beyond just sticking a line on a road although absolutely crucial actually we can use it for all sorts of things we're using it around the ev um, stations where the marking solutions around that to detect to be able to tell people what to do again that won't wear out won't wear off it'll be there tomorrow it'll be there in 10 years time um, and then further applications of those sort of paint type solutions where we're building on the technology and the huge investments we put into those um, the, 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 the processes of creating the, the, the robust marking solutions into um, uh, paints, into automotive paints, into uh, painting trainers, oh, very strange things you wouldn't even think of. And that's the opportunity we've got at the moment. It's in each of our business areas is how do we focus on the core, get that right, but then build. And that's really been the, the 2022 story get the base solid, get it, get it working well, and then be in a real position to be able to build these new opportunities of that, and we have a whole host of exciting things we're looking at to do that. John Pickworth, Emperor of Swaco UK, as he looks at his ever-expanding empire that he has, uh, that he can deliver solutions to you here in the UK. John, as always, thanks for Swaco's continuing support for everything we do at Highways News. You're a brilliant partner to have, and uh, thanks for talking to me on Highways Voices. Pleasure. Great talking to you. All the best. Don't forget to subscribe to Highways Voices to keep up to date with the latest edition. We're on your favourite podcast platform. I'm Andy Stevenson. I work for WDM and I am the Director of Road Services for the UK. WDM, known for their vision of making the world's roads safer, and they've been doing that for for over 100 years now. Um, Andy, one of the themes of Highways UK is, is carbon reduction again. How does a, an effective asset management strategy help with reducing carbon? Well, in the, this country at the moment, most local authorities have declared climate emergencies and we know that we cannot continue to behave in the way that we have in the past. And that's true of the road surfaces as much as anything else. So one of the key ways that we can reduce our carbon footprint over time is to make sure that we ensure that we preserve the embodied carbon cost that we've already paid in our highway assets. And, and, it's, and that's a considerable cost, in, at least in CO2 terms. So one of the best ways of doing that is to put the right material down and to keep it there as long as humanly possible. And in order for us to do that, we need to understand how the material behaves over time. We need to understand how it fails and when is an appropriate time to intervene. And one of the strands of our business is highway condition surveys. Uh, we collect data on an awful lot of roads in the UK. And by interrogating that, that data set in different ways, provided we know what the material is and how it fails, we can begin to d- develop predictive models that will 
tell people when is an appropriate time to intervene. And in doing so, that enables people to use treatments that are lighter touch, certainly in terms of, of the carbon footprint, and also in terms of financial costs, which will enable the road surface to stay serviceable and durable for an extended period of time. We contrast that with the alternative, which is to put material down at great expense and great carbon cost and then do nothing to it and let it fail and then repeat. Uh, that model does exist, but it is not something that is sustainable in the long term, either financially or indeed from a carbon perspective. So one of the challenges, as we kind of touched on there, whether you're a local authority in the UK or whether you're a contractor working on behalf of a local authority, um, given that funding has always been tight, I think we're halfway through a three-year cycle of funding now, so we know most local authorities are not going to get any more money for at least two years. How do we balance that with the fact that they need to be reactive in terms of filling in potholes? But of course, a pothole is a failure, uh, and it means the surface hasn't been... Uh, treatly, uh, has been treated in, in, in the correct manner. So surface treatments is all about protecting and preserving the road, isn't it? So how do we deal with the funding challenge alongside the need to be reactive but move to a more proactive culture? Well, indeed, it is a challenge. Um, it, clearly, roads that have failed and are currently generating potholes are, are past, past the point of intervention from a light treat, treatment point of view. But I think one of the key strategies, we have to look at this in a longer term timescale. If we can identify those roads that would benefit from an early, early treatment, we prevent them getting to the point where we need the reactive. Now, of course, we can do nothing about the, the roads that have already gone past that tipping point. Uh, and yes, there are products that we can use that are maybe lower carbon in terms of their impact in repairing potholes but equally we can also if we use an appropriate patch patching program we can re restore the integrity of the carriageway and then you know put on another treatment that will extend its life again because one of the key issues from most highways is is dealing with water and so the, the the best way of preserving a material is to keep water out of it and seal the surface stop water ingress frost action which is where most potholes are generated from it's from either water frost or a combination of the two so that kind of waterproofing approach is is really quite important okay andy thank you for your time okay thank you you're listening to highways voices with paul hutton and adrian tatum thanks to the sponsorship of swarco navtech radar causeway technologies kia highways and reflow highways voices the podcast from highwaysnews.com if like me you're an old dinosaur who's been coming to events like this for more than two decades one of the things you'll notice is the difference in gender balance that we have now compared to what we had 20 odd years ago uh, where 20 odd years ago my goodness it was a very very laddish industry we were in and uh, women were very few and far between things have changed 
but it is still very much male dominated and the laddish culture still exists to an extent and that will put other people off coming into the industry so Kia are making a big difference on this with the Kia Inclusion Network so to find out more about it I'm talking now with Donna Howard who is Head of Social Sustainability at Kia and Lee Caravias who is Senior HR Business Partner um, Donna explain to me about the Kia Inclusion Network and uh, and what it's uh, what differences it's making to the organisation um, I think the networks are just absolutely fantastic what we've got we've got a variety of them um, and I guess the beauty of them is that it's it's for our employees to be able to have a safe space um, to, to, to sort of bring the whole self to work and to talk about um, the issues in the industry and also look at how we can address those issues like you say about getting more women into the industry we, we've got groups that sort of look at those issues and we, we're looking at kind of initiatives that we can put in place to, to try and inspire more women into the industry to, to let them know that actually it is an industry that is open to all and everybody is welcome there are lots and lots of different roles for people to come into it's not just an industry that is um, working outside and just um, just for, for, for males there are lots and lots of different roles for everybody and it seems from what I understand that part of it is just explaining to people what is acceptable, what isn't, what works and what makes people comfortable in the workplace. Because, you know, to a couple of people, what is banter is actually offensive to others. So it's actually understanding uh, what, is, what you can and can't do, I guess. Absolutely. And those networks are fantastic for that because we've got lots of people who are actually now feeling comfortable to be able to speak up about things that actually are not right. Um, we actually had a conversation yesterday about this, this whole issue and we were saying actually if people are having to ask a question if it's okay if I ask that question you should clearly know that that's not really the right question to ask. Um, but it's getting better, and obviously I am quite proud of the, the fact that we, we walk around our Kia sites and we don't have the issues that we used to have anymore. People are much more respectful. They totally understand the, um, the, the, the lines that should not be crossed in the industry, and people are feeling much more comfortable to be themselves. I, before I worked in this, I worked in the media. And, of course, the media has had a very diverse workforce for many, many years. So sometimes I'm not right, the right person to actually particularly understand it because diversity has been part of what I've been working in since my late teens, early 20s. But in, as I said, a laddish business like this, you have to be proactive because otherwise things aren't going to change, I guess. Absolutely. And you, you said that maybe you're not the right person, but actually, depending on what issues we're wanting to address, we need allies. So if we're looking at wanting to bring more women into the industry, we need people like yourself, we need male role models to be allies and actually to speak up and to say that, yes, this is what it used to be like, but this is what it's like now, and this is what is going to attract more women into the industry. But by having somebody like yourself to stand up and just address the fact that, yes, I am an ally and, and this is where we want to take the industry, that really helps move us forwards. And Lee, I guess this isn't just doing the right thing for the right thing's sake. Actually, it has a positive effect on the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have looked at things like our family-friendly policies, 
in addition to our networks we're also rolling out expect respect training across every single employee within the business so it's taking what our expectation and making people understand the differences and how everyone should be able to bring their whole selves to work. And how has it been embraced by senior management and others within the organisation? Do they see it as something to really get behind or has it taken some time, without obviously pointing any fingers at anybody, to get them to realise the importance and the value of it? Everyone understands and everyone's on that journey to where we need to get to. So obviously some areas of the business have embraced it really, really quickly and then other areas it's really understanding what needs to change and how we do that as a business. Okay, well, Kia are leading the way on inclusion and I think this is such an important subject. You two have just volunteered, you don't realise it yet, but you've just volunteered to do a longer Highways Voices podcast, one of our normal Wednesday morning ones. So I'll grab you on Zoom really soon and we'll really expand on these topics and we'll get Adrian on as well. But for now, thanks for Kia's support here at Highways UK this week on Highways Voices and thank you both for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so I'm here in the startup area in Highways UK and we're talking to Stellify BI who are all about data. Tell us what you do. Yeah, so basically we're data specialists. We specialize in both uh, development and training using the Microsoft BI stack, so that's tools like Power BI. And essentially what we do is we use automation and data to help construction businesses uh, reduce costs, manage their risks, and essentially be more efficient and make, make better margins. So, so tell us how you bring all that data together. Basically, we can extract data from any digital source. So that might be uh, a spreadsheet. It could be an application, like their finance application or um, the project management system. It could even be a sensor, like, uh, for example, a telematics device on a piece of plant hire equipment. Uh, as long as it's digitally captured, even in a spreadsheet, we can extract that data and use our data engineering skills to combine that into um, a single source of the truth, uh, essentially a data model, which we can then visualise in multiple different ways, whether that be you know, as simple as a table to full-on visual dashboards that can be configured to work on mobile and any device. Okay, so give us, give us an example of the companies that you currently work with in the UK. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, we're doing some work with Wilmot Dixon, uh, Jackson Civils, not in the UK, but we've worked on the Neon Project, which is um, the uh, huge construction project going over in Saudi, where essentially they're building a, a whole new city to, to the kind of level that Dubai uh, Dubai has been developed, uh, but in a lot less time. You know, we've worked with some other SMEs and uh, other kind of uh, tier one corporations outside of construction as well. So I guess one of the challenges that we have in the highway sector in the UK is, is having talented people that understand data um, but I guess that's one of the roles that you play as a business to help to help people understand that data and obviously turn that into uh, into, into decisions that they can make quickly yeah the big challenge that we tend to see is without sounding a bit mean sometimes they say construction is the final frontier for digitization right um, it was manufacturing then it was construction and maybe farming will be last what we often see is that you have um, a team of semi-technical people that have just started dabbling with tools like Power BI, and um, they started plugging that in and creating, uh, plugging data in and creating dashboards. Directors have seen it and they absolutely love what they see. And now, what you start end up having is a cottage industry of, of semi-skilled people in Power BI just creating reports, and and that can lead to a lot of governance issues and also technical debt because the way they set up the architecture is incorrect. So the big thing that we see is, can you help us get from zero to one 
do those really sort of tough foundational steps of getting our data in a good shape to be reported on, but then train us up so we can build an internal capability and basically take the reins from there. So help us get from zero to one, but then train us up so that we can have an internal team that can start servicing this to the business and ultimately help you know, that organisation become data-driven. Great, many thanks for your time and good luck for the rest of the show. Yeah, cool, thank you very much. Walk around the Highways UK show, you will find expertise on everything to do with highways and I'm a regular commuter between my home county of Essex and Kent and I go through the Dartford Tunnel back from Kent back into Essex on a regular basis and you stop and think about the sheer amount of technology that goes inside the tunnel so let me find out a bit more about it from vvb and uh, the sector manager for transport is stuart quarterman who i join here on vvb's stand uh, stuart so much kit that you are putting into tunnels to keep it operational and keep us safe yeah so we're currently working on a dartford crossing um upgrading the cctv and the uh network so that that involves um replacing all the cctv cameras on the within the tunnel and on the crossing on the bridge and we're also installing a new network which will be capable of supporting other systems such as the public address voice alarm system for emergency evacuation when connect plus decide we could uh, run over the network the traffic lane control signs there recently uh, we installed uh, the radio rebroadcast cabling going through the tunnel there's also other safe systems in in within the tunnel such as uh, fire suppression system emergency evacuation signs telephones uh, tunnel lighting to aid the evacuation I was going to ask you about fire suppression because one of the things as I drive through the tunnel is I think of the sheer, the greater number of cars that have got that little green uh, band across their number plate. And I think of the electric vehicles and having seen some of the ferocity of fires with electric vehicles, are you having to rethink uh, tunnel fire safety in the light of more and more electric vehicles being in there? Because if one of those goes up, what sort of effect could that have on the whole tunnel? Yeah, so the problem with uh, EV vehicles is that they take a lot of time to burn. It's a major issue at the moment with the fire services in how they deal with a fire with an EV vehicle. And you'll find that most fire services now tend to um, suppress the fire and then wrap it, take, extract it to somewhere on a waste ground and let it burn out. Over the course of the, 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 uh, the, the years, there's going to be um, significant upgrades required in some of these tunnels uh, for fire suppression systems to keep the, uh, the fire down to an acceptable level for the fire service to come in and deal with the fire fires. So this is something if uh, somebody listening to this works for a local authority in highways, they've got to be thinking about that for every single tunnel that's on their own network. And how can VVB help? We're an M&E company. We've come out of a um, tunneling background. Um, we've got the in-house capability to do uh, Help, help out with design and we also look at developing that design from, from a design house um, into a builder, buildable design so we work with a designer um, and come up with a, the optimal solution 
in terms of um, how it can be built with sustainability in mind um, and the whole life costs and, and also ensuring that it's maintainable as well. And we're at a huge event today, but events come thick and fast. You've got your own one in two weeks' time. Yes, we've got an innovation day where we've invited some key clients, um, National Highways, TfL, and some of our supply chain along with some of the Tier 1 clients that we work with. And we're trying to develop that um, innovation in terms of what VVB can offer, but also what our supply chain can offer, because by collaborating with the supply chain, you can come up with innovation. Um, yeah, innovation. Um, one of the things I've got here we're demonstrating is um, is a new uh, tunnel lighting system. So this here is uh, extra low voltage lighting. So most tunnel lighting in, in the tunnel um, is either on SON or LED, but it works off 230 volts. So this is working on uh, 48 volts. And we've got ceramic driver, uh, uh, drivers which can operate remotely now, which makes it easier to maintain because you don't have to access the tunnel to get access to the actual drivers. And by putting ceramic fuses in these drivers, they've, they've got a longer life expectancy as opposed to the standard drivers as well. Excellent. Great to meet you. Thanks for your time on Highways Voices. Okay, thank you. Wow, what an exhausting event Highways UK has been over the last two days. All we've done on these podcasts is scratch the surface of this huge event with thousands of our industry colleagues all together. Uh, I've got lots more material that we'll use on next week's bonus podcast from the event. And I hosted the keynote session uh, this morning on Thursday here at Highways UK. I've recorded both of those. As long as the recording has worked properly, I will bring you podcasts of both those panel sessions, high-level talking, net zero and road safety, and we'll have those in future Highways Voices podcasts as well. So that's it for now. I hope you've had as good and fulfilling time as Adrian and I have had here at the event this year. The last thing it is for me to do is to thank our sponsors that made it possible for us to be here. They are Reflow, Causeway Technologies, Swaco, Kia Highways and Navtech Radar. Thanks to them for their support that allowed us to be here this week at Highways UK. Don't forget to keep checking your daily email from Highways News and I'll catch you on another Highways Voices podcast really soon. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 